All right. Perfect. I'll call the meeting to order at uh, 7 11 p.m. Um, I believe because we're uh, part, we're hybrid, uh, we have to do a roll call vote. So let's start with the folks in the room with Scott. Here. Scott uh, Mark. Mark. Here. Mark Loring. Terry Early. Here. All right. Uh, Glenn. You're on, you're on mute, Glenn. Sorry, man. Here. Sorry, I thought you meant from Dolce. It's all good. And uh, Selena? Here. Work here. Um, perfect. So, first thing on our or second thing on our agenda, we do that every meeting is uh, citizens speak. Uh, so, reserve the first 15 minutes of the meeting. Uh, we ask that you keep your commentary to three minutes and also state your name uh, and your address. Uh, so, if anybody uh, is here for citizens speak or would like to speak, if you would please use the raise your hand function. All right, not seeing any. Next on the agenda, uh, essentially old business, uh, similar agenda items that what we had last time. Um, so item 3A, uh, land swap items, uh, which are the appraisals, the alternative analysis and upcoming meetings. Um, so similar to last time, um, we'll start with the appraisals. Uh, I'm working with the town to get cost evaluations uh, for all the land parcels that we had in the swap. Um, so we'll have the uh, appraisals uh, ready for them. Uh, I'll, I'll need to get an RFP, hopefully by, my guess is not our next meeting, uh, but the following meeting after that. So probably sometime uh, late July, early August, we'll have you know uh, uh, numbers, hopefully a, a proposal on that. Uh, that we can vote on. Uh, but as far as appraisals, uh, just open it up, see if anybody has any questions, comments, or anything like that. We have to do an RFP in order to get the appraisals done. What's the RFP? I'm not sure. Uh, so that's one of the things I'm working on because the, the cost that we got previously for the appraisals was roughly $35,000 to $60,000. Um, the, and that was before we added the additional land behind uh, off Randolph Ave. So I'm assuming it's going to be more on the higher end of that. So 50 to 60,000. Um, so once it gets into those dollar values, my guess is there might be some type of RFP requirement for that. Like we'll hit some threshold financially that will trigger it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's one of the things I'm working with, with you know, with the, uh, town administrator, Nick Milano. Mm -hmm. Pretty straightforward. Um, the alternative analysis <clears throat> is essentially a document that highlights all the um, different parcels that we're aware of that we looked at leading up to the land swap. Um, you know, St. Mary's of the Hills, um, you know, Fonpon, all, all the parcels that we did. So again, that's kind of a, a working document I'm working on right now. Uh, trying, there's no real format for it. So it's just basically utilizing a report template I have in my company 
and just using that for the narrative, put the drawings and stuff in there, basically assemble an entire package. Um, that's part of the documentation along with the appraisals that we submit to EOA, and they uh, essentially use that as part of their review that then they use to basically, you know, they don't approve the land swap, but they just advise uh, Senate Council on it and stuff like that. So in regards to the alternative analysis, again, any questions, I'll open up to anybody. We can focus online, just keeping an eye on them. Yeah. Uh, what's the timeline for completion now? We just need it by about the same time as the appraisals. Yeah, so there's, they're all gonna merge at one point where we have to submit that. There's really no hard deadline on it, but it's on us. To, you know, it's on me right now to um, get that stuff. The quicker we get it, the quicker we get up to EODA, and then the quicker they can review it and then advise Senate Council. The other part that we have to do that I'm working with, it really doesn't fall on us, it's on Town Council, is they have to draft special legislation that then gets submitted. And that's part of um, item 3A3, <laughs> meeting update, which is um, we're trying to have meetings with uh, Senator Timothy and Representative Driscoll uh, to give them kind of a prep on you know what we're preparing and what we're doing. Do we know about when it gets to EOEA, how long they need to review? Is this like a 60 day? No, the, 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 I can ask about that, uh, but I don't know. Uh, the good thing is they're very familiar. They've done two site walks with us, so they know, you know, it's not like this is hitting them blind. Um, so they're, they're pretty familiar with all the sites, except for the ones we added behind Gower Road, I mean, behind Randolph Ave, but I don't think those were ones they requested us to look at. So I think they'd be pretty happy when they see that we put them into the equation. Um, like from the ultimate timeline, what, what are we guessing we need EOEA approval by in order to move the like project forward? Because I assume we're trying to get, if we have a plan, right, um, this particular parcel that we're going to need funding for, we're going to want to do that in the next town meeting in next spring or the one in December? Yeah. December, like what's the... The timeline for so so just going back to your original comment. Yeah. So EOA doesn't approve anything. So they don't they don't they're not the ones that approve it. So they'll make recommendations to yeah. Senate Council. Yeah, they essentially advise people that when this goes up for so it has to pass a two thirds vote at the state level mm -hmm. for it to pass the two thirds vote. Uh, legislatures or representatives might ask you know, uh, Senate Council for you know, like the Cliff Notes version of what they're voting on and stuff like that, I, I'm assuming. Yeah. And that's where EOA provides that to them, essentially as, as you know, here's everything that's going on and going for that. Um, the timeline for when that goes up to the state for that vote, I don't know. So that's, uh, my goal is I'm trying to get the appraisals up and done probably by September, along with the alternatives analysis and yeah. get all that into EOEA. Because the legislature, I think, usually, right, they get, they submit their bills in like February. Mm -hmm. Is this a, a bill that would need to be submitted like within that same timeline? Is that, I mean, maybe it's, you don't know. Yeah, I don't, right? yeah, this is, a, this is yeah. all new, new, new territory for me. Um, is that, is that something that EOEA could 
Can Amber Timbleteen would know that's that's the meeting. Okay. Yep, and, and that's part of having the meetings with them to find out, you know, for them to educate us uh, a little bit on the timeline. So we still don't quite know what the EOEA's approval timeline is, and we don't quite know what the Senate approval timeline is. But if we assume, one correction. Sorry. No approvals from EOEA. Sorry, you're right. I keep saying that. <laughs> no, it's but good. I mean, essentially, I, I we need EOEA to finish a review of it in order to provide feedback to the Senate. So it's not an approval, but it's that's, that's yeah, it's, yeah, essential review. Yeah. So, so like, the the timeline on that, I'm not sure about, but I can look into it and kind of report back at our next meeting because it, it is something <clears throat> I want to make sure that you know, <laughs> for example navigating internally within the town to get all the approvals that we needed you know the first when we did it in 2022 uh it gave me a kind of better idea the next year around of like what to line up to hit for those approvals this one none of us have ever done uh town council the firm that, uh, that he represents has lawyers that have done article 97 land swaps before so they're the ones that can kind of guide us along for, for that stuff, so I can talk about that. I wonder if the senators can help shuttle this through the system too. That is the and hope. advocate for us. That is the hope. Yeah, I mean, it just if so, if we if we have to follow the bill timeline, which is like if, you know when sometime mid February, I assume we then want to give EOA at least. 60 days, maybe 90 days to review, even if they're familiar with this, just given how slow state agencies are. Yep. Um, so where does that put us? That puts us January, December, November. So end of November. Yeah. And that kind of worst case, best case, we can give it to them sometime October, beginning November. Mm -hmm. A rough guy. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the ones I want to I, I want to start hitting on a little bit too because um, for us just essentially an overall overall project timeline of deliverables we need to hit to make sure we're we're in line with everything um, uh, where we need to get to with the state and everything because mm -hmm. uh, I would hate to for example if this submit if this needed to be drafted and submitted in February, theoretically, mm -hmm. and we missed that and then had to wait till next February. That's like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why, like, my goal right now for the alternatives analysis and at least for the uh, appraisals that we're doing, I'm aiming for essentially September, give myself the summer to work on that stuff. Mm -hmm. okay. um, only other question that this only related to this the um, vote, uh, the Lanswell vote mm -hmm. that we took, and didn't the town clerk have to submit that vote to, to, to submit that to anybody at the state? So I think that's part of the overall paperwork. Yeah. We have to submit the appraisals, the alternatives analysis, a record copy of the vote, a two-thirds town vote. Gotcha. Um, so town, it, it, so what happens is, the Article 97 land swap, they passed new legislation or a law last year that kind of outlines a little better. And I believe there's an online portal for all the documentation that you have to upload. Yeah. So there, that's one of the meetings I had leading up to this with town council and town administrator. 
was to um, look at that portal, figure out what all the, you know, all the check boxes are, assign responsibilities. So town council has to do some, town administrator has to do some, and I have to do some. Yeah. Um, I have to resurrect that meeting uh, again with them. And, you know, my takeaway at that point from the, from the initial meeting we had was uh, the alternatives analysis. So that's why I know that's on my radar to do. Um, but I, I, that's one of the upcoming meetings too I want to have with them, which is to kind of refocus everybody again now that we've kind of got through town meeting. Gotcha. Okay. So there's, there's nothing that at this point needed to be submitted based on that. No, no, it's an entire package that we go under. Any other questions? No, I, I, I appreciate all the questions that I've right in because it gets me thinking on some stuff too that it, you know might be off my radar and stuff like that too. So Mike Zulis has just joined us. Sorry, just keep an eye on the waiting room. The alternatives are going all the way back. Far back as I can go. So yeah. um, he probably has a lot of that information though, right? He was kind of checking a lot of the original properties out. Yeah, him and Betty were. Okay. So leveraging that with some of the public records requests that went on prior to the land swap, there was a lot of records requests for what sites we looked at previously. So we already have all the sites. For me, it's just trying to like right now it's an Excel spreadsheet and some PowerPoint slides, and for me, that's not acceptable to submit to, to the state for a thing. So what I want to do is kind of get a consistent kind of narrative documentation behind it and why it, why it didn't help. Uh, so it, it basically lays out each property in a, in a similar format of why we looked at it. Here's the property, here's the overall map of everything. Here, here's why it didn't work for us. And then, you know, we'll lay those all out as many as them as we have to show the state like because we have to show them we've exhausted all options and stuff like that. That's coming back in. It's probably just a handful of there's probably a handful of questions that we could put against each one that eliminates most of the properties pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Size being one of them. Yeah, acreage being the first one. Mm -hmm. Hey Mike. You're on mute, Mike. Yeah. Sorry, I'm late. No, that's fine. Just make it sure. Did, did, did I miss anything interesting? No. So we, we were just talking, uh, and you might be able to weigh in a little bit too for um, the documentation that we have to submit to the state. You know, the alternative analysis, the uh, parcel. Um, uh, um, it's called the appraisals. Thank you. <laughs> Um, you know, do, do you know the overall timeline of when we need to have those up to EOA? Well, I, you know, I think, I think, um, I, I don't know the exact timeline, but I think, I think the answer is as soon as possible, right? Mm -hmm. Um, because, um, you know, the sooner we get the process, the sooner we have them, the sooner the process can continue. So, um, so I'd say as soon as possible. Yeah, and then what, what Mark was doing, you know, because uh, uh, that was kind of my response to of like, for me, I'm looking real, reality of 
probably in uh, August, try to get an RFP or the appraisals contracted out so that we, we can get that going. Because if you recall, the cost on those were probably like thirty to $50,000. Um, so my, my goal on that is August at some point to get that going. Mm -hmm. the, the, the alternatives analysis for all the parcels that we looked at, um, essentially getting a, a report finalized essentially by early September, basically giving myself the summer to work on it. And also give you know, the, this committee an opportunity to kind of review it and comment mm -hmm. on it. Mm -hmm. So what Mark was doing, you know, with those two kind of benchmarks there was um, at what point do we have to, does the state have to submit the special legislation for the vote and trying to work backwards from that? His, his assumption was February. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, you know, we're we're all going through this process for the first time, right? Um, but um, my thought was that EOEA is really really drives the process, and in conjunction with you know our our rep our reps and senator, and because they'll have to file it, so. Um, so I think, you know, I think Senate, as we, as we understand, Senate Council looks to the EOEA Council uh, to kind of drive the process, but we need to make sure that our senator and reps are, um, are you know, obviously working in concert with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the other one that I mentioned, too, is uh, Peter McNulty that works with Kevin Freitag has also executed Article 97 land swaps before, too. Uh, so I'm going to try to reach out to Kevin. Uh, there were there was essentially meetings that I was having with Kevin and Nick, uh, just preparing, you know, what documentation we need to do and when. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna that's one of the meetings I'm gonna try to get going again. Yeah. Yeah, I think Sean, to your point, just like the sooner we can create a oh, timeline that correct. gets us through the approvals and to town meeting, right? Because I assume we got to we're gonna need to do something related to the school building committee probably want to do something at the next town meeting just like what is that kind of next year timeline look yeah like? yeah um, yeah i'm just trying to so in regards to the next town meeting which is the fall which will probably be in december i believe um i don't think there's anything school building committee related that we need to get articles for yeah, I'm sorry. I was yeah, the next yeah. spring one, um, yeah. the next one in April, because uh, I don't think we're going to be able to get anything done in time. Yeah, obviously the next thing we need to do with town meeting, right, is get funding eventually. Correct. Um, once we have finalized. Yep. Okay. Any other questions on we're on agenda items uh, three three uh, A. Uh, which is land swap items. So just open it up to, again, anybody else. And if not, if no questions or comments, we'll move on to the next one. Good. Perfect. All right. So 3B is, um, you know, professional services. So we talked about this last time. And again, it was more of a brainstorming effort for everyone for, um, you know, and this is in relation to the Gile Road property, um, hiring an architect, uh, an owner's project manager to do cost analysis and then any other subsequent 
professional services or design items, traffic, water, water runoff, stormwater runoff, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, in, in regards to that, just following up with everybody essentially from the last meeting to see if there's anything else uh, related. Nothing. No. Okay. All right. All right. So I think with that one, um, uh, if there's nothing else left, so with, with that, you know, we're basically completed with uh, agenda items one, two, and three. Uh, at this point, uh, we'll be entering into executive session uh, pursuant to Mass General Law, Chapter 30, Section 21A6, to discuss the purchase, exchange, lease, or value of real property, uh, which is Blueville Ave uh, and the uh, 676 Brushville Ave. Um, sure. so Sean, 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 if I may, Sean? Yeah. Did you discuss this with Kevin? Uh, he, he did not get back to me. Okay. Um, because I'm not sure that I had a quick discussion with him. I'm not sure that we need to go into executive session for this. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, because, um, um, I mean, the, the, uh, when the AG's office came back, they said, you know, it, it would have been okay to go into executive session for, it was okay for us to be in executive session for private property um as opposed to the public property you know they suggested that we do a bifurcated executive session but kevin suggested to me that out of abundance of caution he's not really sure that we need to even for the private property so okay. I mean, I, you know uh, based on that I, I you know i don't think if we're not if we're if we're going to just if we're not going to talk about um you know, prices and all of that. Uh, if we're just going to talk about feasibility, I'd suggest we, we we stay in open session. I am totally fine with that. I was just just following the lead from, uh, <laughs> I actually yep. copied directly from select board agenda just for that. Yeah, and, so. and, yeah, and I, and I, and it's, it's what the AG's office, you know, told us to do. But Kevin said, you know, out of an abundance of caution, you might not need to. So I'm fine with that. Yep. And I meant to, I meant to, have him talk to you, but I just haven't had the bandwidth to connect you guys. So no, that's that's all right. So perfect. Uh, so I'm assuming with with this being an agenda item, we, we just still talk about it, just not an executive session. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's okay. Right. I think I think what we're gonna do. I think it's I think it's uh, it's on the agenda, but we're not voting to go into executive session executive session for this agenda item. That works. As long as, as long as it's accurately described on the agenda, and it seems to me we can talk about it. Yep. Okay. Um, so perfect. So what, what, what we want to do is uh, talk about the property, uh, as everyone's aware from our last meeting. Um, the two parcels uh, that are on uh, situated between Brush Hill Road and Blue Hill Avenue. Um, so at, at our last meeting, we kind of looked over the uh, parcel at a very high level. Uh, Glenn Hoffman, who's the architect on our committee, uh, offered to you know lay out some spaces on there just so we can kind of get a better idea um, for the property uh, what uh, a potential educational program would look like on there. Um, so, Glenn, are you uh, okay taking away? Share your screen. Show you know kind of walk through with the layout. 
Do you have it ready to share, Sean, by any chance? I can pull it up. Yep. And I can just talk. Let's say why, why Sean's looking that up. Um, ironically, I tried some other programs we've looked at in the past for schools and other schools I've worked on, and they didn't fit well on the site at all. Um, ironically, the Guile, the Guile Road site, if we straighten out the building, we can fit it on there, but you're going to see there's not a whole lot of space left over um, on either side of the school, potentially, um, for roads, play yards, etc. Let me see. Coming up right now, Glenn. There we go. Yeah, you can see that there's, there's two slides. One has the early childhood center kind of skewed from the main building, which is kind of what you want to break up the building. That's not going to work, obviously, with access roads. I don't believe, Sean, right, we can have an access road in the setback, correct? That has to be clear. Yeah, I'm still waiting to hear um, confirmation. So yeah. for the- Typically for the, you can't, but um, you know, with a larger project, I don't know if they make exceptions for that for uh, fire roads or whatnot, but it would be, it, it'd be tight. Um, can you slide up to the other slide, Sean, that shows where we, yeah, this one, I kind of straightened out the early childhood center. Um, I'll note, and I I meant to study this and I kind of ran out of time this week. It was a crazy week. And the school fits better, obviously, without the early childhood center. If we just did the middle school, you'd have a lot more space on the site to work with. Um, but I think when you look, when you compare the eight, when you compare the leftover green space with this site with what we had shown for Guile Road, obviously Guile Road works better. So just, just some context too, Glenn, for people, you know, for the public that hadn't seen this before. So the the property that we're looking at, and zoom in a little bit. So the property that we're looking at, Blue Hill Ave is, you know, down here. Brush Hill Road is up here. And this is basically the adjoining two parcels. So the layout that you were looking at is basically the 6.8 acre parcel that's on the bottom portion of this. Uh, so what we did is just for presentation purposes, again, for, for the public that's joining, uh, we took that, uh, enlarged it down here a little bit. What you see is the upper parcel, which is approximately uh, 3.8 acres, and then the lower parcel at 6.8 acres. The yellow hatching that you see on the side is essentially the 50 foot zoning buffer on each side. Um, the, the, the lower parcel is approximately 700. The lower parcel. Yeah, the, other with this side, yep. the other thing with this side is you're almost, you're almost going to have to have a through road from Blue Hill Ave to personal road. Yep. Just to bring a road all the way around the school just eats up too much space, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so one of the things that's on here that's not shown 
you know, so just just kind of finish the overall the overview. Of like the the yellow hatching that you see here is that fifty foot zoning buffer. So it, it equates out to about thirty seven thousand feet on one side and forty seven thousand feet on the other side, which essentially reduces the parcel from you know six point eight acres down to four point eight acres. Uh, so the green portion that you see here uh, is the buildable portion of the lot that we're looking at. Um, the other thing that comes up too. You know, for this layout that you're showing here, Glenn, it, it assumes a flat uh, lot, right? Which so, it's not. Correct. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't so, ideally, Sean, we would do on top of this study, we would do a three dimensional section through the site to show that, to show how this building would have to mass on the site. And, um, and obviously, if we pursued this site, we would take it to that level. But you're yeah. right, right now, you'd have some, you'd have some ramping. At the very least, going on inside the building for it to work in this site, or you would have to cut out a large amount of the site with retaining walls to make it work. Yep. And then the other thing is that a site section would really probably help with the argument that this doesn't work. Okay. So the the other one that's not shown on here too, uh, and I, I'll 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 stop sharing my screen now. I, I just got to find it. Is the um, you know, for the for the con for the conceptual layouts that DRA did at, at their site, um, there's no bus turnarounds, there's no parking lots, there's no playgrounds. So this is just a straight, you know, structure building on a lot with none of the accessory things that we'll need. I raised the chunk because, like you said, it doesn't fit. Like the way they had it laid out, wouldn't fit on the site. Is there it would a, have to be re-looked at how we would do circulation through the site. Glenn, is there a, a general rule of thumb that you use for laying out a school on a site for circulation that, you know, like when you're laying out in a building, you you have a certain amount of space you have to assume is circulation. So for a site to cover parking, access roads, and playgrounds, any idea? There what is, that? and I don't have that information off the top of my head, but I, um, I'll, I would bet that DRA has that information in their report somewhere. Yeah. We can take that up. Yes, and just so, just so everybody's aware, I probably did, like forty percent, yeah, at least of the overall site for yeah. that stuff. And, and that's I'm going to stop sharing. I'll pull up the I'll pull up the DRA one. But I did reach out to DRA, uh, showed them the lot, said, you know, could you give some just high level feedback to us because uh, Kyle Franceschi from DRA has done that a number of times for us. He just hasn't got back to me. So okay. um, if I do hear back from him on anything, I'll share it with everybody in the committee. Um, I'm just going to take a minute, Glenn. I'm just going to find that that DRA one. Just give me one second, so stop sharing. Yeah, the other thing to start the site while Sean's talking is, um, I think we touched on this the last meeting. It, it, from a mass architectural access board standpoint and an ADA standpoint, this site would be very difficult to work with. That's all, all um, sidewalks leading up to the entrance would need to be accessible and that's gonna to be tough on this site as it currently stands. We would have to do some serious site work to make it work. And Glenn, did, 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 did you look at it with both lots or, or just the one? Um, I. 
I looked at it with both lots in mind, um, but the second lot doesn't really do anything to alleviate the issues. Um, it would, it would, I think the second lot would allow for parking, it would allow for some circulation help, that kind of thing. It wouldn't help with the building. What about for a through road too, though? You could, if you well, could the through road, I think it would, in my opinion, quick study, I think the through road would almost have to happen to make the site work. I don't think we could fit. We would need we would need a fire fire access around the building. We don't necessarily need a building. We don't necessarily need a road around the building. So I think cutting a road straight through would help with alleviate some of the site issues and open up some of the space. Thanks, Tom. And Mark, you talked to the historical commission, right, about yep. the structures. Can you talk a little bit about that just one? Yeah, sure. So I, um, in terms of the upper lots, right, has two buildings that are on the historical register. So I talked to the Milton Historical Commission as well as the Massachusetts Historical Commission. Um, and essentially uh, have some high level takeaways. The first is uh, if the town were to purchase uh, the lot with the historical houses, there is no legal restriction uh, that would prevent the town from destroying the historical properties uh, on town-owned land. Uh, if the town wanted to, the town could, you know, tear down the buildings pretty quick. Uh, that said, the Milton uh, Historic Commission views the properties as having significant historical value and would be, um, thinks their potential loss would be met with significant backlash. Uh, they recommended um, that we do everything possible. And when, when I say they, let me be clear. I mean, uh, Steve, I think it's O'Donnell. I'm not wrong. Yeah, Steve O'Donnell. This is a gentleman I spoke with. Um, uh, he suggested we do everything possible to avoid demolition because of the historical value of these things. I uh, also mentioned that, you know, he talked to the um, Milton Historical Commission uh, group uh, and provide a, a statement to the SBC uh, basically stating that feeling. Uh, that's something he, he expected they could have. They put together sometime this summer uh, when they next meet. Uh, in conversation with the Mass Historic Commission, I talked to Jen over there. Uh, they additionally viewed the properties, especially the Tucker House, as having significant historical value. Um, they did say that uh, any um, the MHC does have regulatory oversight of any construction project. So while we could tear them down, the MA, it would just create a lot of more um, steps involved uh, in that kind of the construction of anything on the site, uh, because we would have to show alternatives analysis to moving uh, to destroying them, um, you know, the timeline or costs potentially to move the buildings. Um, all of these things just adds complexity, time uh, and cost to the project if the project were to involve the upper lot. Um, yeah, and they said the, the cost generally of moving properties is, is extremely significant. Uh, usually the only real way that um, they've seen towns do it successfully is when they offer them up kind of for free and somebody else is willing to take on that cost. Uh, but that still involves a lot of hurdles to, to find folks to, to take that on um, and adds to the timeline. So that was that was the overall feedback uh, gotten from uh, both those uh, historic commissions. Happy to answer any questions. So let me just go back to the the layout again. 
what I've done. Just let me know when it pops in, Glenn. Seeing it, you actually, are you overlaying? Yeah, I see it. Perfect. I mean, yeah. It's... So just just for you know for clarity, your layout that's here. This is basically the same one laid on top of it. Um, so scale wise, it's, it's it's the same. This is one I was working on earlier. So the the additional things that I was mentioning there, uh, the playground here. The parking lots over here. Uh, again, I, I, I just overlay this for everybody um, so they can see the additional things outside of the building that are part of the program. Yeah. Um, you know, essentially where we'd have to find room or space for them and create those kind of circulation patterns. You know, the fire we access. Have to road, that stuff in, Sean. The adjacencies would be just crazy. Like your parking is going to be half the site away from the front entrance of the building. Yeah, you know. What well, what is the um so the distance between the building in the Glenn's new rendering and the abutter uh, the neighbors, right? Is essentially is essentially just the width of the buffer zone, which is like fifty feet, 50 right? Feet, yeah. Um, you know, maybe slightly more if you have a little bit of green there. But uh, if you straighten out the building, I should say. But uh, what is the distance in the previous uh, land swap plan? How far is the building from the from the neighbors? Yeah, from the closest house. Three hundred feet. Yeah, it was like three hundred feet, right? So we're going from three hundred to call it a hundred. Yeah, in that backyard. Yeah, and that's on both sides too. Yeah. You know, the, the one the one thing for me is, you know, for this just being, you know, two-dimensional layout, you know, I agree with you, Glenn, you know, almost a section cut through this building to see how those, you know, you, you know, you, you stretch, I think what it's going to do is stretch the building out. So, you, you know, I mean, if you if you have to make ramping work for ADA compliance, uh, within the building to get, you know, if you do a tiered building and start stepping it up and you have to get ramps or circulation, you know, up those tiers, I just think it's going to stretch the building even further than what we see here. It'll add cost to Sean. You can add that in. But it, but essentially for it, um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just designing while I'm thinking <laughs> or speaking, which is sometimes gets me in trouble. Um, yeah, I, I just think of all the retaining walls on the well, side. Uh, yeah, and it's probably four or five levels of them to yeah. make it work. They're just very, it just makes it, you know, having to keep that upper lot the way it is, too, just makes that even more complicated. It's just, I mean, you know, you can redesign the building and change the layout, all those things, but that's there's, you know, I just think about the cost of the land, you're at seven million. And then the site work just to try and make this work is going to be really significant dollars. Yeah, it's it's pretty. I mean, for me, it's it's a almost a cost prohibitive site, um, and just trying to trying to make it work on that site will not be easy if possible. 
Yeah, I mean, the, 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 when, when I look at it too, you know, we're just, you know, blindly taking the Gal World program and putting it over there. And yep. I appreciate what Glenn did of straightening out because, you know, it, it just makes it, uh, I mean, this is a long, thin site, you know, with a steep grade. Um, so uh, I call yeah. them bowling alley, Sean. <laughs> yeah. Bowling alley site. Those are the gutters on the sides. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, for a building, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, my, you know, and construction or engineering, for me, it's always, if you got the money, we can build anything. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, That's why I'm saying it's yeah. cost prohibitive because it, it's just, it'll, it'll be so much more than building anywhere else. And you end up with something that's not great. Mm -hmm. In your alternative analysis, have you run across the old matrix we used to go through? And nope. I'm just wondering if we could apply that to this site. You know, like there's other things like walkability, yeah, those yeah. types of things that um, are not quite so They're not visible um, construction yeah. related, but more just for the common person yep. operational. Because I think that's how we decided against some properties as well not just i mean i just look at this and i think wow look at the basketball court can you imagine building that on the pitch that we would it would be like yeah how's that going to work but i know you can like you said if you have endless amounts of money you can build pretty cool things mm -hmm. but it just feels like a lot of work for very little return Is it square hole, round peg, or vice versa? I don't know. But I do think that that matrix was helpful in not allowing us to spend too much time on yeah. these types of exercises yeah. as a small group. Yeah, so just for Mark and Selena, so what we did is initially when we started out looking for land, four years ago, um, we developed matrix of, of, of check boxes or, or a rating system that we looked at. So we had a number of sites that we came out, out of the gate with that were like same areas of the hills and this and this. And we're trying to weigh which one would be the best, some rating system for it based on all those things, mm -hmm. size of the land, flatness, walkability, you know, everything that was there. Mm -hmm. And then we used that initially, and I don't think it went anywhere formally or anything no, like that. No, it yeah. was just basically the just a conversation and yeah, to, allow to give us a metric to keep it apples to apples yeah. as we were going through each location. Yeah. So what what I can do is I can, I, I can I can resurrect that, and then you know if we want as a committee, uh, I can put I, I can send that out. I think the ones that would be comparing contrasting. Would be you know this the guy world, and I mean because that's yeah. since there are two options right now, um, so I can do that after this after this meeting. Yep, Mike. Uh, thanks, Sean. Are we still going to get something uh, from from DRA on this, or or was it DRA or no, not DRA? Who was the 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 designer, the kind of pro forma designer? It, it was it was DRA. So yeah. I I reached out to Carl initially just to. Get his and knowing that you know between our last meeting and this meeting they really couldn't do a conceptual design for you know what we're doing but I just wanted to get some feedback from them um, 
I, I get, you know, we can engage them to do uh, a similar concept design on this. I'm just, you know, part of me is I want to make sure timing wise, we don't spend that money in this thing, you know, passes. Sean, how much money are we going to spend on something we already know the answer to? We know the site doesn't work. I think we could provide more information to prove it doesn't work. But and, and Glenn, I'm just curious. I mean, Glenn, not, Glenn, nothing against that design. I just didn't know if we were going to, you know, see if they. Had oh no, I know. I understand the question. Yeah. yeah. I just, I could need some thoughts about it a little bit, and we could engage them certainly, and I'm sure they could come up with something, but um, I don't know. You have more experience with this than I do, Mike, whether that's worth doing or not. Oh, I don't have any experience with design. So, you, so you're, you're, the, you're the expert. No, I mean the political end of it. You know, is this something we need to prove that doesn't work? I don't... We're, we're, we're just, we're the blind leading the blind on the political side. Yeah. And we're just kind of feeling our, our way along. So. Um, but, but no, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's something we need to, we need to, I guess, decide. Um, yeah, let, let me just go to Dr. Miranda. She has her hand up and then I, I'll come back to that in a minute too. So, uh, Dr. Miranda, you're recognized. Thanks. Yes. Hi, thank you, Sean. Um, I really appreciate sort of seeing this and, and Glenn, thank you for, for, you know, sort of taking a stab at it. Um, but I guess I'm wondering, as you were talking about the matrix, um, mm -hmm. sort of the criteria that was utilized uh, in the you know applying that matrix to the various sites that were looked at, does that would that give us sufficient information to be able to support our case, right? Exactly to the point that Glenn just said, which is the site doesn't work. Um, but would would it allow us to have enough information to be able to make that case, or do we need to do anything else in order to um, help folks arrive at the same conclusion? Because I think you know everything I've heard so far, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense for us to pursue it. And I'm also wondering if um, we have enough information to answer the question of cost. I know, you know, sort of we've talked about sort of it's it would be outrageous, it's a lot of money, uh, but how does that compare to sort of the alternative? And the last point, um, and I don't know, uh, Sean, if this site becomes part of the alternative analysis as well, um, or is this treated separate from, because it's not a site that we brought forward at town meeting. I just don't don't know exactly from sort of the, the community standpoint, how much how much more information would we need to give them to know that we did our due diligence um, and had to move on just like we did from the other sites. Yeah. So I'll start with the last one and work backwards. So you know for, for the alternatives analysis, this one would not be included because it wasn't part of the you know uh, the overall leading up to the land swap. So, you know, maybe we could discuss it if it came up, but I, I don't think it's required. Um, in, in regards to the, you know, I, I definitely get the feel from everybody that, you know, the site, you know, doesn't work. Uh, but I think, you know, for us, you know, we, we, we just need to make sure, um, you know, we do our due diligence all the way through. So, you know, and, and Terry's point, in which I agree with, is if there was a grading criteria that we looked at previously um, that we just, you know, dismissed other sites, we might want to just kind of uh, continue that because it was kind of a precedent that we had formally. Um, 
you know, there and there are different things. It definitely makes you look at the site uh, a little, you know, differently. Um, you know, the one thing that this site would have, you know, above Gao Road, at least in my opinion, would be time. That if we were to privately purchase this and own it, you know, we could start design and get going a lot quicker. Um, so, you know, I mean, I think those are some of the things that, you know, we really probably should, you know, independently, all of us look at it, rate it, and have that as like a, a discussion for our next meeting and kind of walk through how we graded it and looked at it comparing to Gal Road. Uh, and I think that would give kind of, you know, a framework rather than, you know, some of us just preparing remarks leading up to it. You know, we kind of all be on the same page as we're making those. So, uh, yeah, Mike. Thanks, Sean. Just just a couple mm -hmm. of thoughts. Uh, you know, I, yep. I'm not I'm not sold completely sold that it doesn't work. I, I you know I think that there you know a lot of drawbacks as has been pointed out. But just a couple of couple of questions. One is 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 it not feasible to to swing the parking up in, into the um, the the lot above the school? Does that not work? Um, and, and and maybe there's no answer for it. I just you know when I saw the the overlay and the parking over there to the right as I look at it. And the question is, well, can you flip that up and put it into the land up above, right? Well, that's where it has to go, Mike. Yeah. Okay. There's no. There's right. There'd be no other place for it to go. Right. And then you. And then you're compromising the green space, I guess. Is that is that the idea? The green space, the proximity of the parking to the front entrance of the building. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, and then. I mean, like you said, not not stuff that couldn't be overcome if we wanted to go that route, but yep. it's yep. not ideal. Yep. No, I get it. I get it. And then the and then the only other question is, um, you know, is you know we're 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 putting this square peg into that round hole, and the only question is if there were an alternative uh, structure, could an alternative structure work? Right. This was the Guile Road uh, construct. So would an alternative structure work? The answer may be no, but it's just it's just a thought in my mind. So. Yeah, I looked at I looked at some more squared off middle school plans, and um, they 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 literally don't fit on the site. You have to, uh, but yeah, of course, there's always, like you said, unlimited budget. I could come up with a great modern design for this site and <laughs> built into the hill, and <laughs> it would cost a lot of money though. Yeah, that's helpful. That's helpful, Glenn. Yeah. So I think the, the takeaway from what I'm what I'm hearing, you know, um, you know, Mike, I'll I'll talk with DRA um, again, just you know, to get you know, see if they can do something high level, uh, similar to what they did for Gow Road, uh, in our anticipation of our next meeting, um, if, if they have the capacity to do it. Uh, you know, by the time that comes around, we'll have funding. Um, based on our, our new school building committee funding as of uh, July. Uh, so we'd have funding to be able to do that. Um, it, it, and again, just based on their timeline, it might be good to do that. Um, so it, it, again, you know, ideally they could get it done by the end of July. <laughs> um, but, you know, for right, us- Do we have a graded site plan? Cause they're gonna need that to do that level of design. Yeah, so we, what happens is if you go to the Muni mapper for the town, uh, they actually give one foot contours on there. So you like 
you know, I, I can do a poor man's grading plan for it by copying and pasting it over. Making right. sure it's yeah, no, they can trace, we can trace all that in CAD to get that info, but yeah, they would definitely need that info to, to do that kind of study. Yep. Um, yeah, because that was, that was, you know, Carl did take that into account. So I'm just recalling the Gow Road property. So the, the work that, it, if you guys recall the, the drawings that BSC did for the realignment of Gow Road, um, there were certain slopes to the road that they encountered there. And I think we're at like four or 5%. Because we ended up at like four and yeah, 4.7 or something. We, we need it to be below five. Yeah, and that was one of your commentaries on when we looked at the different options that were there with the slopes of the road. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the best you could do here is like six and a half. And that's going up the right side of the page and then probably cutting across before you get to the historical properties and going north again yeah. out to Brush Hill. And that's, that's still way steeper than you want any road. Yeah, the the unique thing too is you know, Glenn, if if your if your thoughts are, and again, just while we're you know, you know, doing open commentary on this, that we're going to push traffic, you know, school buses, cars, and all that up through Brush Hill Road. Um, I know talking to Glenn Pavlicek, like the stone walls up there are historic, so there's you know, right across the street, seven or three is a historic one too. Yeah. So there's like limited stuff we can do to cut through those walls. Turning radiuses on buses just from the site walk that we did, that 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 road's pretty small. So we, we'd have to, you know, under that assumption, we'd have to, you know, assume a bus could go through that site, get up to Brush Hill Road, make that turn. And if it can't, then the idea is that it's going to come in on one side of the property, go around it and come down the other side. And, and again, that's going to further, you know, tighten that overall floor plan or that green space that we're looking at with um, access roads. Yep, Mike. Yeah, just uh, one other thing. There was some discussion on the site walk about um, uh, there would be no walk to school opportunities with a school like this. It would all have to be bused. Is that is that do, do our school folks um, see that as the reality here, or maybe they haven't looked at it yet? But um, should we assume that this is going to be 100% bust because of the lack of the sidewalk on Blue Hill and and the tight road up on up on uh, Brush Hill? And there's no sidewalks on Brush Hill either. Right. So no sidewalks anywhere. So either side. So, yeah. So yeah. Okay. So, mm -hmm. is, so is it is it fair to assume there's going to be no walk to school here? I mean, we could build sidewalks on Blue Hill, but you know, it just increases costs and increases time because you get involved mass DOT. That's exactly what uh, I get their approval, which is that's probably six months. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of sidewalk. I mean, it's a long way before you get to anywhere, and then kids are walking along the side of, you know, Blue Hill Ave, which is not a uh, slow moving street. Um, yeah, that was that was Glenn's general thought uh, during the, the walkthrough was that it was not going to be a walkable site. When we give it give this to DRA, maybe we can give them some of the criteria that we made judgments by to get their opinion on that. Mm -hmm. There might be I'm just taking down some notes of things we might be able to give to them as well, just as a for their opinion. Lo like location is 
comparison is one of them, whether it's walkable, how's it work for busing and drop off. Yep. Like there's not a lot of space here for a drop off area. Um, does it work with, you know, what, what's it look like with the historical buildings? No, yeah, no. Yes, yep. Um, and then we probably need their opinion on educational program. You know, the, the one at Guile Road is mostly, it's pretty much one level, but multiple floors. This is probably multiple floors and multiple levels. So educationally, um, how does that work and how much does that, how much might that increase the square footage needed for the building? Because now you've got all those extra stairs and ramps, the building needs to be bigger than the one on Guile Road. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and educationally, you're talking probably longer distances for kids to get to classrooms if they're going across. Mm -hmm. And then they'd be curious their thoughts on the amenities, you know, playgrounds, parking, that kind of thing, how it fits. And then we're probably, we we're just talking about it, but we're probably talking about two traffic lights too. Whereas Guile is one traffic light because one already exists. Mm -hmm. Here we're probably adding two. But we can, we can send that over, some notes over to you and maybe we could give them some of that to framework. Yeah, yeah. and they can give their professional opinion yeah. as a comparison for us too. Yeah, I think the other one, it, it just kind of, people have alluded to it a couple of times. It's just, you know, well, well time-wise, like, you know, I, agree it'd be quicker to get this it's it's almost like look at the overall cost too so like you know the, the, the reason we, for me personally why i want to address this quicker one we can end the school building committee and go back to my life um but but you know two is the quicker we address this the cheaper it's going to cost mm -hmm. right so we have to look at that however if this gets done quicker but it, you know the overall construction cost would cost more money is it if time, <clears throat> sorry, if time is the only thing that's the reason that we're doing it to save that cost, but it's an overall <laughs> expensive, more expensive project, then time shouldn't really be factored in. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's that, it's that overall project cost along you know, whatever timeline to look at that. To me, that relates a little bit <laughs> to the like previous conversation of what is the timeline for the other project because, right, that's is a is it fair to say a best case scenario for acquiring this parcel mm -hmm. would be December, <laughs> like the December town meeting, and then we'd have to have like a January mm -hmm. election. Like, so like how much time is gained, I guess, is like one of the questions. Cause I, I think it, and Mike, you know, is raising his hand and probably understands this well, but way better than the rest of us. No, I, I don't understand it any better than you, Mark. But I, but I, but I do think um, that this is a competitive situation. So I don't think there's any way we can wait until December for a town meeting. You know, when we were talking about it, you know, we were talking about the possibility of, um, uh, you know, if we're in a competitive situation, trying to get a July or an August town meeting. Right and and rolling it up, you know, if we need to do a debt exclusion vote, having an election in September, right? And if we did it, if we did a P and if we if we could if we could agree, get the buyer to agree, uh, have a PNS that would be subject to town meeting, and if we need to go to the voters, subject to the voters. So, 
So I think my view, and I could be wrong, you know, maybe it's not, but my view is that, you know, the, the, uh, my, um, the, the, the uh, concern is that this is a very competitive situation. We don't have time if we want to go for this. We don't have time to, to wait for December town meeting. We got to move a lot faster than that, right? So, so that's, that was kind of the thought uh, that if we need to move on this, we need to move because there are other uh, interests out there that might, wanna, might want this property and put other, th other things on it. <laughs> So more, more of, you know, just from, from a school building committee, Mike, relationship or, or, or recommendation to, you know, you and the select board, are, are you guys looking essentially for us to, you know, vote whether we, you know, think this would be, I, I, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out at, at our end game, you know, what would the select board be looking for us? for like a recommendation that it should be bought, purchased for a school or not be purchased for the school. You know, it's yeah. part of all these exercises that we're doing. Oh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think you need to, I don't, well, definitely on the positive side, right? Definitely, you know, it's no different than any other recommend, any other, um, any other action that this committee wants taken, right? You recommend it to this, we recommend it to the select board. Right. Whether the the um, this board would would it, I guess the board this committee would probably want to advise the um, the select board that it doesn't if it, if that's a decision that it doesn't recommend moving forward with this um, because there may be you know who knows there may be other interests uh, in town that want to buy it for the town. Right. Um, and again, it's a it's it's a competitive situation with the private sector. So we're doing that. So I so I guess I I'd say if the if this committee wants to recommend it, absolutely, it's no different than anything else. We recommend that this is the site. We recommend that to the select board to move forward on it. And then probably because of the nature of it, probably good to advise the select because we're looking into it. Probably be good to advise the select board once a determination is made, if it's even if it's a negative. Right, so the select, so so people aren't wondering, right? Yep. Any other commentary? I, I know. I see. I think Tim joined us too. Tim Lombard. So we can have Yeah, I did finally get on. I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm sorry, Sean. I got held up at work, so I just figured I'd jump on and try to follow the conversation. Sorry for my tardiness. No, no, no. All, all good. Just making sure Tim L was you. That's all. All right. Hearing no other uh, thing, I think the last thing on our agenda is <laughs> to adjourn. So uh, entertain the motion to adjourn. Make a motion to adjourn the school building committee meeting on June 21st. Right. Second. 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 All right, let's do a roll call vote. Then we'll start here. Scott? Yes. Yes. Mark? Yes. Terry? Yes. Uh, Glenn Hoffman? Yes. Uh, Dr. Miranda? Yes. Uh, Mike Zillis? Yes. And Tim Lombard? My first official act of the day. Yes. Thank you. Sean O'Rourke, yes. <laughs> Thank you very much.
Thanks, everyone. Thank you.